Hi there, welcome to Tech Talk Weekly. I'm Bob from Creation Station. This is our weekly show where we do two to three interesting tech stories in the news and then give you some kind of cool library fact. Uh, as always, if you have any stories that you want us to feature on here, creationstation at Broward.org comes right to us and we'll be glad to get them into the news feed for you. Today, we are recording a day early in case you hadn't noticed because tomorrow is Veterans Day and I've got Sonia from the Weston Library. How are you doing, Miss Sonia? Doing very well. Thank you, Bob. And Sonia and I are both veterans, so I thought it would be very appropriate to find some veteran news stories uh, this this week to share things out. Uh, I'm an old Marine Corps person. Sonia, you're from the Army? United States Army. Where did you serve? I served in Germany in the middle, mid-80s, nice. 1980s. Nice. I was, I was uh, both at Paris Island, uh, where I was training recruits or assisting to train recruits. I was not an official drill instructor. And I spent a year out in uh, Korea and Japan uh, there in the mid eighties too. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. It was it was a really a great experience uh, as part of growing up and doing and learning and meeting people and going around. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, we've got some interesting stories here. Let's, let's bring up this, let me bring up my browser here as we're going back and forth about these stories. Cause I think Sonia and I both have some different ideas about some of these stories here coming up too. Um, the first one, and I admit this is much more of a publicity post than a regular real news story. However, um, I think this is important for a couple of reasons. One, it's a local story. FAU is involved with it. Um, Chili Sleep is a company that is uh, working with FAU as part of research on uh, things for researching how uh, traumatic brain injury, TBI, and PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, are affected by sleep and how uh, veterans, they're working with veterans to try and see if they can mitigate some of these effects for them. Uh, and just before the show, Sonia, you were telling me, how cold are we supposed to be sleeping Well, according at? to Healthline, they recommend the ideal sleeping quarters temperature to be 65 degrees Fahrenheit. Like that is just crazy. I would never. I, I'm, I, I'm a person. My wife wants the house cold, so I turn the AC down to seventy-five, not sixty-five. Seventy-five, and I still grab an extra blanket to sleep with at night. I'm like, no way could I sleep at sixty-five. But maybe that's why we need to do medical studies, right? Well, the scientific reason why they want it is if it improves your circadian rhythm, which is what enables you to sleep. And when you fall asleep, your body actually begins to shed warmth. So a cool environment yeah. is better for sleeping. So I don't think I'd want to sleep in 65 degree weather. No, no, I'm, I'm moving south. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 not for, not for me for that one. No. Uh, but I think, but it was a really cool, it was just, it was a nice local interest type story, uh, that I really wanted to include out here for that. And they're doing some good work with studying for veterans. So between the two companies and, and FAU is a really good thing. Uh, there is another story that's right in our wheelhouse for what we talk about here a lot for artificial intelligence and how that works and somebody using, um, artificial intelligence to work with veterans in particular, homeless veterans to get them to be first time home buyers. And what they've done is they've turned the power of AI and using it to search and find um, 
all of the different programs and then going through that and matching up with a list of veterans who are part of the who are a different segment of programs and matching the two to get hundreds of them linked together better so they can afford a, their first time house maybe get them off of um the streets even to be able to go out and do that one of the problems our homeless veterans have is they don't know all the programs that are available to them and when you're on the street you don't have access to information but fortunately the library provides a place where they can come get on our computers and look for these programs and apply to them because there are many places you can go to get free computers and free internet access so it's very important for them and a lot of the our libraries and especially for example one in fort lauderdale we have a lot of um, patrons who are unhoused and yep. we welcome them to come in and use these kind of resources but if you don't know what's available you, there are a great many when i was working at main library we had um, our our unhoused patrons come in and they often they were entitled to different funds and whatnot, just yeah. didn't know how to go about to apply those. So this is a great service. Yeah. To find and it. I think that's one of the other things people miss a lot is for, uh, for unfortunately, far too many people around the country, around the United States, Veterans Day is just that. It's a day and you may have it off, you may not. Libraries, I mean, libraries have always done this celebration year round in a way. And definitely for the whole month, which is why we've got events scheduled all the month of November, not just before, not just the day of, but we go all the way down to November 30th this year with events going around the county. And we've got our veteran hotspot program and other things that are just year round things that we do as part of outreach for veterans. So if there's anyone out there who knows of a veteran, especially down here in Broward County, please reach out to the library. We can get them working with people or another part of one of these other programs like this one here that's uh it's just the simple things that you know, people who don't even know about it who don't know that they're credit about their credit don't think that they're eligible etc and stuff did you take advantage of any of the uh, va benefits um actually yes um when i graduated from library school and came back here i did register with the va for um some medical benefits which i was able to do I bought my first house with that. I bought my first house with a VA loan and did that for that. So that was, it was a really good um, way of helping me get a head start on life, on things, you know, young, get, get, just get out of the military and be able to do that. So that was really interesting. Then we've got our, our other stories here. So we're going to, I'm going to throw up a couple of these slides here to, to show off about these, but this is the one branch of the military that doesn't have any veterans yet. Because this is the newest one, and obviously, if you've been following what we do around the show, you're, you've guessed that we're going to talk about Space Force. And unfortunately, Space Force has got the weird name-ish thing in the meme-like thing in TV shows and movies and et cetera. But it's a real serious branch of the military. It's something that we need. Um, in fact, um, we didn't even have an Air Force. Most people around don't remember that. But the United States didn't actually have an Air Force until after World War II. 
And then a couple more years afterwards, when the Navy and the Army were all really starting to compete with each other about who was going to be flying more planes, that's when we created an Air Force back in 47. So now we have the Space Force. And so the Space Force here um, is really getting ramped up over this last, it's only been around for a year now, um, just over a year. And it, the uh, first JR, JROTC groups are forming for this. And anyone who's not familiar with this, JROTC is a way of getting uh, people in college and even high school uh, involved in being part of learning what the military is like, learning what, what the different branches do and or um, getting some stuff ready for college. Um, one of my workers, one of my student workers here at uh, for the creation station, when we first opened, he was in the Army ROTC. So this, one of the ones is uh, here in Florida, in Cocoa, is one of the very first branches, first people to convert over. Um, they also have North Carolina, Arizona, California, Alabama, Colorado have all converted. These all happen to be Air Force ones that have converted over to Space Force. So going forward, we're going to have um, a group of youngsters that are learning about this and how to do this. Did you participate in ROTC at all? Yes, I did ROTC. Um, I listed first, and then I did ROTC to become an officer, and I did it in MIT, actually. Nice. Congrats. That's, a, that's, that's pretty impressive. Very nice, Sonia. Yeah, I didn't. I knew I was going into the military out of high school because I knew I wasn't the kind of person who could do um, college on my own. Oh, we had a, an agreement in our family that either you got a job and paid rent or you paid your own way through college. And I wasn't the kind I was just wasn't readily suited for that at the moment. So I knew I was going to go do something and working in the Marine in in the military seemed to be good. And the Air Force and the Marine Corps were the first two to contact me back. And the Marine Corps sold me on it when I first got there. So who knows well, what I, I would have done? I didn't go to MIT. I just did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, that, that, but that's yes. still awesome. One of the things to remember about junior ROTC, it doesn't imply a military commitment. It is something that you can do yep. in high school, like a club, and learn about the military and all those opportunities. And even when you start ROTC in college, um, you're not actually signed on unless um, you have to, you can do like the first two years without yeah. signing on. Yeah, with no and commitment. Then Right. Or unless you have a scholarship, of course, then you're creating a, a commitment. I was uh, already a private in the reserves, so I basically was already enlisted and I just switched my enlistment as a cadet. And then That's great. Yeah. And it, and it works well. And, and it's a nice way of getting getting a taste of it before you make that commitment and learning the real side, you know, not the propaganda side that the recruiter tries to tell you, but the real what it's like to do stuff and things like that. Two of the other things that came up in the news this week about Space Force, and I want to bring them up, was one of them was Orbital Prime. And this is not delivery service, um, at least not in the direct way. This is all about removing stuff from space, all the debris that we've left up there from tests and various satellite launches and all of these things that are up there. And that's coming out next week on the 17th. So if there's anyone out there 
who thinks you might have an idea as a small business for what you could do with this debris as recycling or a way of capturing it or just an idea about it, go take a look for these because these proposals work for everybody. You don't have to be some big fancy tech firm. Anyone can go in and create and look at one of these small business things. And they mean that. They mean small business. You have to only be under so many people, under so many dollars, et cetera, in an attempt to uh, get some new, fresh ideas from outside, from the public for these sorts of things. And I want to get your opinion in just one second, Sonia, because I want to bring up the other idea about this is China has already launched satellites to go clean up other satellites. They've got something up there right now, the Shenzhen 21, that was up there to start cleaning up some of this as their own part of their own space expedition stuff. And then they released a secondary probe from that satellite just last week. Wow. And just this is why we need a Space Force. Well, just speaking of recent news, the um, Russia recently declassified images of the, their space cannon, which has been the only gun ever fired in space. And yeah, I didn't even know that that had the, come out yet. That is an amazing thing. Yeah. And it, came, it was fired in 1974 in a space station that they had up at that time. And mm -hmm. they, that space station is no longer there. But it just Yeah, that's prior to Mirror. Yeah. That just goes to show you that um, their space has been militarized for quite some time. Yeah, and and part of that is figuring out what you need, and this is why the United States, China, Russia, everybody, every country that feels that they've got a national interest to protect should have something, should be able to at least be able to examine what's going on. You know, I am not someone who thinks you should be having warfare in space at all. Um, in fact, I think that there will come a time if we continue along this path of what's going on, we will have a seventh branch of the military called high guard at some point in the future. Um, and if you, if you haven't read a lot of science fiction, high guard would be the positions where you're out at the moon and outer and out into the solar system, uh, protecting against asteroids from a far distance, protecting against those sorts of things, you know, going out to Mars. Those would be that would be kind of a high guard. You're, you're in the high position to take a guard over the planet to make sure that we don't get hit by an asteroid. We don't get hit by these things. It's and not this military. Would let us huh? Team up with other yes. space programs such as the um, the Russian, the Chinese, and even India space program as part of it. Just as our militaries get together on Earth to do exactly. projects. Just like NATO, this is going to be a thing that we all are going to have to do out there, right? I mean, and, and even smaller countries like the UAE. I mean, most people don't think about it, but UAE has satellites orbiting Mars right now. We covered it uh, last year, early this year when they first launched them, and they were successful out there. So, I mean, there's so many different countries doing these things, you need some kind of coordination. You really need that kind of organizational you know, thing that's beyond NASA, that's beyond the UN, that, that does something to help control all, keep track of all this for us. Um, and then you wouldn't be these this surprise stuff from China kind of thing because everybody would have 
prepared things. Um, looking at this, you know, orbital degree, orbital debris, if you actually magnify it a little bit, this is the Earth with all of the junk we have up top right now, all orbiting around us. And it's just that cluttered, that full. So everyone's going to have a chance to do this. Everyone's going to have a chance to really participate and be part of this. And I want everyone to think about that as you're out there, you know, as you're celebrating for Veterans Day, you know, and, and celebrating people in their service to the country. Think about that overall with everyone. Think about this service to the planet. And it's not just the United States. It's, it's think about it as, as everybody giving service to everything because we are getting to the point now between the global climate crisis and now that we know and we're tracking. Um, if you haven't noticed in the news, there's been all this, oh, there's this new asteroid is going to come zooming past Earth. And it's like, okay, A, it's not even going to approach within the orbit of the moon. That doesn't mean it ain't that close, folks. You know, in, in astronomical terms, it is, but it's not something to worry about. So if you've seen that one, yeah, you can ignore those those fear-mongering stories, as I call them. Not to mention, civilian space flight is here. Yeah. Pretty yeah. soon, you're going to be able to go up there, and you're going to want somebody to protect yeah, space. We need air, yeah, we need air traffic happen. control in space, definitely, 100%. Yes, we do. <laughs> We've we've already had what four launches now that have gone to um, near, if not past, um, you know, into it. So and then we just got two astronauts back from the space station yesterday. So, you know, so yeah, we need we need somebody up there controlling this and taking care of these kinds of things. That was a really fast. We just flew through this episode there. We, we just did this, <laughs> Miss Sonia. Let me let me throw up because you have an event coming up coming up out there too i want to bring up that event for you there and let me go bring that those slides there we go because you've got something coming out there on the 16th right this is an event coming out there at weston yes we're having well we're having it online it, it is with me and with north weston and northwest regional we're doing it as a as a program together. And we're having our best fest where we're going to bring the multi-award winning fiction author, Ben Fountain, to come and talk to people. And even if you're not um, interested in veterans issues, it's a good time to speak to an author. But this also speaks a lot to veterans because his book, which is Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, speaks to the problems that veterans have returning to the civilian community out of a war zone and that this plays into very much many of the services that we try to provide to help veterans get back into civilian life yeah and vetfest uh, is going to be presented in cooperation with our sponsor the broward public library foundation and as always they are a great support to us yeah and another upcoming event is our uh library director Allison Grubbs will be doing a book club of her own online about the League of Wives. And this is about uh, a series of very brave women who took on the U.S. government to bring their husbands home from POW, who were POWs in Vietnam. Yeah. So that will also be a great program for folks to look at. And so that's that's that program is going to be on the 24th. And as always, Broward.org slash library 
slash events. And you can find all of the different stuff all over the county, both in-person programs. We just did an in-person program for VetFest on this past Saturday. Um, we've got a lot of online programs you can attend. We have grab and go events. We have all sorts of different stuff happening for you. So please feel free to come in and visit the libraries. Come see us. We're getting busier and busier all the time. We got lots, yeah, we're getting people. We're getting lots of stuff going on, aren't we? We sure are, and it's a great time to come and check out your library. We're all open and we're ready to welcome you back. Thank you so much for being here, Miss Sonia. This was fun. This is really good to, to get a chance to, to talk about some of the crazy ideas that are out there and stuff like that. Um, I do want to let me bring up our final slide here. As a reminder to everybody, if you want to see your favorite librarian or your favorite library featured one week, just email us creationstation at broward.org. Everybody have a safe day, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for having me, Bob, and you and everybody have a great rest of the week and and a great Veterans Day. Let's appreciate the folks who have sacrificed for us. Yes.